Reclaimed Audio. Upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 38 for July 27th, 2016. This week's top Patreon supporters are Luis Gonzalez, Make, Build, Modify, Sean Guthrie, Stu Morrison, the godfather Jimmy DeResta. Ooh, that's a new one. Okay. Uh, Trust in Timber, Sean Petty, and Scott Turner. Um, I am Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, are Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. Uh, Bill, you had a bayonet blade in between your teeth like you were going to scale the walls there, uh, some fort in Normandy. What, uh, what's going on there? Well, it's actually it was it was much less for Normandy type scaling of wallness as it was for um, setting an example for both of you of how to bear down and just deal with the pain and and progress forward like that. That and I was just thinking, um, Tim reminded me of Rambo. I look a lot uh, like Rambo. Yeah. Very similar similar physiques. Same demeanor, also. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you like you could take on like a small town oh, yeah, all by yourself. Yeah, yeah I, I, that cop is still mad. Yeah. No, Adrian, I freed the the that, prisoners. That's that's the wrong character. Different but that's movie. Okay. Oh, yeah, movie. Um. Anyways, what are we? Uh, what are we working on? Tim, you go first this week. What are you? What are you working on? Just take it somewhere. Um, well, you know what I, I, I want to talk about is not something that I've been working on, but something that my friend, uh, maybe you guys know him too, Jason Payne, has been working on. Uh, you probably know him, I think, from Twitter is where he's most active. He's a maker artist fellow that interacts with uh, with us all on the uh, interweb and stuff. And he took a shine to the uh, country dice, and he decided to – he just – he wanted to mess around with some, like, some, I don't know, I'm not going to pretend I know the letters he used, but some acronym for some computer stuff. He's like, oh, I was messing around with this. So he wanted to, he made an app, like, of the the country dice. So he just, like, he sent me this link. He's like, oh, I thought it'd be fun to do this. So you just basically you click a button, and it just rolls the dice three times for you as the game goes, and this and that and the other thing. So it's just, like, this little web page he shows me. I'm like, oh, that'd be a really funny app. He's like, I can do that. And so he turned it into an app. He actually got it into all in like 24. I don't even understand how any of this works. You know? But so he made this thing, an app, and it's up on, it's only in a Google uh, Android platform right now. It's not on an iPhone. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to be on iPhone because we'll see, but it's different. But, uh, but so he created this app, and it's on the Android platform. If you go to the Play Store, the, the Android Play Store, and you type in Sway Song, you will get a free electronic version of the Country Dice song that you can play. <laughs> That, you know, that's almost worth me go getting an Android phone just to be able to do that. You, you, could, you could go pick up just like pick up one of those like cheap Android tablets or something and just play the Country Dice song all day on it. You know? Yeah, I, I got nothing oh, better. You know than me, so. uh, actually, you can uh, if you do not have an Android phone, you can still play it, but it's not as cool. It's on my website at timsway.net backslash s s s a sway song songwriting assistant. Uh, so you could just go there and play it, but it's way cooler on the phone, obviously, you know? And so that's, that's what I've been kind of working on the weekend with, with Jason. Thank you so much, Jason. It was so much fun. And his information is also on the, on the, the website, his website's dangermade.com, which is not done yet because he's been busy making this app, but uh, you can go check out Jason's work too. He's, he does some really cool stuff and it's been a lot of fun. We're going to make more genres and put it up there. So there'll be some updates and everything. And uh, cool. so, yeah, 
I have an app. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, man, you made it. I mean, I don't know any other maker that's got their own app. (laughs) You did it, man. Congrats. Yeah, you know, in, in, in this line of, of thinking of other people actually doing work and not me, um, uh, you know, Andy Berkey, who we, who we love, you guys see his uh, video he just put out? I haven't watched it yet. I saw the, uh, I saw the, yeah. the thumb. But. Well, but, I mean, because I'll throw this in the He says, you know, I, I've been in a creative funk lately, and, and I had What's some footage from the spring, and I threw this together, and, I, you know, blah, 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 blah. It was super cool, and it I'm sure it got his the creative juices flowing for him, but it also did for me. Seeing Andy have uh, uh, another video come out, and it made me realize that he's working pretty hard all the time. He doesn't always have time to make those videos, but when he does, they're really good and they're a lot of fun. And uh, I miss his uh, you know 60 second tip videos, but this video was a build video. Check it out. And today when I watched it, Andy only had 799 subscribers. Oh come on, kids! If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't subscribed to Andy Berkey's channel, just on the rare occasion when he posts a video, you're missing out. Let's do it. Let, let's uh, let's change that 7.99 to a, a 1,000, shall we? Anyway, that's that's what I'm working on. Watching Andy motivate me. It was very inspirational. Cool. <laughs> um, I haven't done much. I just got back. Um, since you guys are asking, I just got back from. Uh, <laughs> Oh, is your mic working again? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's on is there. Bill here? Yeah, he's <laughs> he's, he's doing it. Um, so, anyways, Bill, <laughs> I just shed a tear. It just fell onto my keyboard. Uh, you, you really no, did. So right. We were in Maine for uh, the last four or five days with the kids on the beach. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, I still have a, a video to edit, which is like this screw tote thing and. And but I picked up a whole bunch of uh, reclaimed wood today. I was just driving uh, by. I think it's like garbage day or whatever. Actually, garbage day is tomorrow, so I guess people just had stuff to put out until. And uh, and I got a whole bunch of wood. And it turns out it's treated pine, so I guess it'll only be shop projects. But there was some cedar that I was able to get, so I'll play with that and see what's what. Let's let's do a mini topic and talk about that real quick. Here's a here's a tip. We can do like a sixty second tip. Yeah, For people do that don't know when you find treated lumber. Um, Somebody asked me not too long ago because they had found some. Seriously, it's the same kind of deal, and they wanted to make um, like a garden raised raised planter beds. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I agree. The chemicals they use on on treated lumber to keep them from rotting, basically, in the weather, is harsh. It's super harsh. So other than an outdoor chair, um, fencing, decking, you know, some kind of structural thing outside. Um, avoid treated lumber if you can. It's 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 got some harsh harsh chemicals in it. I mean, really, really super harsh. That's yeah. just my my two cents. Yeah, I I agree, and I have that. You know, we I get a lot of cedar from my neighbor, the fence company, and you know, there's a lot of pressure treated stuff that ends up in his pile too. And I just don't I don't bother with it. And it's you know sometimes it'd be like it'd be tempting because there's some nice four by fours or something, but it's like no, what am I going to use it for? I'm not gonna. It's, I mean, I, I mean, one or two of my table legs that hold up my workbench might be one of those, but that's about it, you know. Um, so anyways, so you have some, Phil, and it's, we're not saying that it's unusable. We're just saying that you don't want to use it, like, in your house, you know. Yeah. So what, what it's great for is if you want to make, like, some little playscape or some outdoor benches or some Adirondack. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see, Phil, um, a pressure-treated Rubo bench. Why don't you get started on that? Yeah, an outdoor Rubo bench, yeah. An outdoor yeah, well, that is the joke that won't die, isn't it? 
Um, <laughs> I think what I can do is I'm going to make a little outdoor either coffee table or end table. I think yeah. there's just enough wood for that, and you know that could be cool. Yeah, exactly. How much did you get? Uh, I put up, I posted up a picture of it on Instagram today. Um, I don't know, like 15 board feet. I have no idea. This okay, like a little small little stack. That's cool. Yeah, I made. I, made, uh, I helped my neighbor who's a contractor once um, build a deck. Yeah, and uh, this is years and years ago, and um, and like it, you know, it drove me nuts because of um, who I am, and you know, like it, it, the deck is like seven feet long or whatever, you know, and so there's like all these like eight foot boards that all got one foot cut off, you know, it was just like there was like this pile of all these just like eighteen inch long cutoffs and stuff that were just trash, and, you know, there was nothing you could do with it anywhere, and so I, I took a whole bunch of it home and I just messed around outside making like kind of like learning how to make benches and stuff with it. It was good for that, you know. Okay. Yeah. So if you have like some some idea, you know, like. Some design or something, or or you can heat your shop with it, especially if you don't have any ventilation. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. Yeah. <laughs> He's just joking. Do not do that. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got some guy. I nearly died on Lutz's <laughs> advice. That won't be the first time <laughs> or the last. Um, okay, so. Let's dive right into our topic, which I think is a really, really interesting one. And I think that there's something that everyone could sort of look back on and chime in on this one. And we'd love to get your feedback on this on, on social. Either hit us up on, uh, on Instagram or I guess Twitter is probably better for this one. So at Reclaimed Audio or even send us an email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. But it's if I knew then. So basically, you know, the old expression, if I knew then what I know now. So what would you have done differently, let's say 5, 10, 15, whatever years ago, you know, with regard to making that that would have changed the course of your making career? Like having known something that you know now back then, where would you be now? What would you be doing? What would you be using? You know, just where would your skill set be? You know, so that's what the three of us are going to talk about, you know, in this podcast. But we would absolutely love to hear from you guys as to what, you know, this, this would have done for you. So, so, Tim, because you've got a career that's a, you know, that didn't start out as, as making, and it is your career now. So, and I think this one's really interesting if I pose this question to you. Where would you be now if you skipped music and went right to making? Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I don't, I mean, it's, that's, it's tough because I remember being interviewed once by this lady, and, and I, she, I was telling her how I was a musician, and now I was doing this, and. And I said, but it all comes from the same place. And she says, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean, no, it doesn't? I'm like, she's like, yeah, it, it, just, it was just like the dumbest thing I ever heard. But because for me, like if you sit back and look at your, your life, it, it all makes perfect sense. But someone that maybe hasn't lived it, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, oh, well, you used to study jazz and now he's making coffee tables. Like, you know, it doesn't really make, but it sort of makes sense. If, if I were, I think that if I knew then in high school, um, I was very interested in art and music in high school. And, um, and I was also on this, you know, th there was like in, in my school, there was like, there were the, the college bound program. And then there was non college bound. That's where you got to go into the workshops. And I never got to go down there because I figured I was college bound, even though I never wanted to go. And, uh, but I never really got exposed to the workshops and the hand tools and, and, you know, metal shop or anything. I did like a t-shirt printing once, one semester or something. Um, but, uh, if I knew then, uh, I would have, you know, 
what I know now, I would have been more adamant and in, insisted on having more opportunities to study that stuff and to learn about that stuff because they they looked at me as you know I was like the artsy kid I was the art kid you know the one that and and so I was always in the art room but I would have been down there in the shop room because I didn't think they were connected I had no idea that they were connected um, because I was just a teenager you know mm-hmm. that now I realize that it's all connected and and I would love love to have started making those connections sooner which is like why I'm trying to do that with some of the stuff that I do now with Vance and. Um, and you know my just YouTube in general, and, and where do, do you find that connection is creativity itself? Yes, uh, well, maybe more than that or other things, but just the I have always been I've always been looking for something that's not there. Uh, that's what I'm constantly doing is I'm trying to find something that's not there, which is as uh, as <laughs> Dave Kanye from Elm City Vintage put it he says that my i choose the path of most resistance <laughs> which i thought was was very appropriate um but um yeah i just that's uh, and so i would be in the art room like looking for a color that didn't exist or i'd be in the band room like looking for a note that didn't exist and and you know now i'm sort of looking for maybe games or or country western songwriting dice apps that don't <laughs> exist <laughs> and, and uh and i just didn't know that it was it was all like ethereal and on this uh, on this like sort of uh, you know like bookish level for me because I was studying music and it wasn't like the hands on part. I, now I, I see that I didn't know what an engineer was or a machinist or any of that stuff. I I still I wish I had some of those skills and I wish I had some of that understanding of the physical world because as I develop my ideas are becoming tangible. You know. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you use so the word ethereal, you're not talking like Rice Krispies or checks, right? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the stuff that they use to treat wood, so I can use it for decades. <laughs> so, but you haven't really answered the question. What would you have done differently in your career? You would have spent more time in those hands-on practical. Oh yeah, that was that was my my answer was that I would have when I was younger. I would have spent more time okay. actually do, doing these things and learning these things. I would have been insistent upon it. Um, if but I'd you still would have gone down the road of being a musician. Uh, I I will probably end up on that road again. That's always been uh, a big part of me. I, that was like you know when I was three years old, I was banging on pots and pans, and you know, and, and as a lot of kids were, but I never stopped. I still do, you know. So that's uh, it's it's tough to say because it, it, even when I try to get away from music, it always goes back to music. So. Right. I don't think I could. I've I've tried. I've walked away from music several times in my life. I went to music college, and I and I said f this, and I dropped out, and I started cooking, and I cooked for about five or six years, and then I quit, and I and I I moved back in my parents' basement, and I started playing music again, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then I and then I had a job, and this and that I played as a hobby, and then I started playing full time, and then I quit, and I'm doing this, and uh and I don't and, and you know I mean I just did a bunch of gigs last week, and uh, and I enjoyed it again, and. Um, you know, and I'm I, I'm making stuff that's music related all the time. So I don't think I can separate it. So it's in your blood. Uh, yeah, it's I just I think it's connected to. I think that I think that what I'm doing now is gonna spin back to music, whether it's via country western <laughs> songwriting apps or the instruments that I'm building. Um, I think it's I think it's gonna end up being more about music again. Yeah, so I, don't think, I, think, I don't think it's gonna spin back to your music. I think this is just an extension of your music. Your making is an extension of your creativity through music. Whether you're building uh, a coffee table out of drumsticks or you're making a guitar, I mean, it's still... Just agree with him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, I agree. I, I do agree. It is, it is just 
this, it all comes from the same place for me. And I don't know why. It's just the way it manifests itself. But so now I'll, I'll ask someone else a question then. Let's go to you, Phil. Now you have this very successful career that you enjoy. And, uh, but then you also have this, this somewhat new found passion for working with your hands and this love of things. So now knowing how much you love this, would you have done it differently then? Would you have pursued this more yeah. and less of the college stuff? Yeah, I would have. Um, I would have done it two ways. One, I would have done it professionally. I probably would have become a contractor. Um, I could see that this is that's something that I'd want to be doing all day, every day. I had um, I had friends growing up whose father was a contractor, and uh, and man, that was cool. Like I just I really enjoy. Like we go on job sites and stuff, and I get to see what he's doing, and uh, and I love that. And, and on the hobby side, um, I probably would have dug into the YouTube way earlier. I think we've got this huge, massive glut of, um, I don't say glut. I just think that there's a, there's a lot of YouTube content right now. So it's much, much, much harder to rise to the top. I think it's, you've got to be like outstanding right now, like beyond good right now to really elevate your game and to be a standout from the rest. Um, whereas I think earlier on, uh, it was easier because there wasn't as much content, but you were also blazing a trail. So there was a little bit of differentiation. So all to say, professionally, I would have gone into something that was more hands-on, more maker-ish, more, I don't know. Like I, you know, I, I've been sitting behind a desk probably for the last, I don't know, I want to say 15 years. And, uh, and I'd love, I'd love to be able to lace up some boots and, and get outside and, and work with my hands. Do you, is there a potential? Because, I mean, the career that you're in right now, even the company you work at, they actually make stuff. And so you do tour factories. And is there a potential for you to merge the two somehow? I know that you've had some little jobs around there where you get to make some things for the yeah. for the office. but Not really. I mean, the stuff that, that we make is made overseas. And so by overseas, I mean... We have like, an art department, though. You can't go to your boss and be like, hey, I want to work in the art department. Yeah, so those are the kinds of things that I did. Like, in a, in a pinch, they needed me to make something. But the art department truly is, like, canvas and paint. Oh, okay. Some of the 3D stuff that I worked on is not a big part of, of what we do, it's mostly. Like, it's, we call it alternative wall decor, and it's, like, weird metal things and, like, some wood stuff. But when they needed wood, like, and I'll consult a lot on that stuff. Like, they'll ask me, well, which way should the wood go? I'll say, well, you don't want to, you don't want to, you're going to get wood movement if you glue it there. And so I'll, I'll consult a lot. And actually, recently, we've done a lot of um, display building. So we've. We might have a, a fabrication shop that we're going to build out because we've been doing, like, we now do 14 trade shows a year, and we're probably going to add on a couple more. And instead of going to a booth builder, we're doing a lot more of that stuff in-house. So two weeks ago, I actually spent a good two days in our ad hoc fabrication shop building one of these displays. So that was really cool, but I knew I was going to take it on the chin for not being at my desk because that's mm. really what I'm being paid to do. Yeah. Um, but you know, so it was cool. It's like, I got to, I got to feel what it would be like to walk around with an impact driver on my belt for a few hours. And that was cool. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> awesome. But you know what? The grass is always greener. You know what? No matter what you're doing, you're always like, well, you know, it'd be better if, you know, I would love it if I could do that. And then, you know, on days when it's, uh, you know, like minus 20 outside, you're like, man, I wish I had a desk job to keep my butt warm right now. You know, oh, so yeah. I mean, 
it was like almost 90 degrees in my shop today and, and I was like busy. I was trying to get some stuff done and it was definitely, uh, definitely didn't, wouldn't, wouldn't mind being at home in the air conditioning today. Yeah. You know, if I could go back, I would just win the lottery so I could do whatever I want every day. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's right. just the better route to go. Yeah. None of this yeah, toiling so, for me. Yeah, no, that's, that's a better plan. Did, I, I, I got to tell you, um, having a job you don't hate that allows you to make, you're better off than most. That, that, I mean, I'm so appreciative of that. I don't hate my job and I get to make stuff. Um, you know, the job isn't ideal. It's not what I would, if I, if I could choose, I would obviously I would be a, a just, just a maker. Somehow that would support my lifestyle by just making stuff, making videos, the podcast, just those things would be, be it. Um, but I don't hate my job and I'm lucky. I got a good job. And, and I think, Bill, that's probably where you're coming from. Yeah, too. I was just nodding in agreement with you, 100%. I mean, I do like my job. It does afford me some freedom as far as making. I get to do this making stuff at home where a lot of people don't, you know, so I have that opportunity. I got a wife who lets me sort of turn half the garage into a shop and doesn't complain that much about it, you know. <laughs> and uh, And I have a garage that I can make in, you know, where a lot, like, you know, we sort of, Take for granted, I think, a lot of things, you know, and, and I, I, yeah, every once in a while, I like to take condos, off. They don't have a garage. They don't have a carport. Well, that's it. Yeah. So every once in a while, I think it's a good idea to take, to turn around, look behind you, see the path that you've taken and, and, and look down and look at the spot you're in and appreciate. And, you know, I try to do that as often as I can. But what about you, Bill? Mm-hmm. What would you, what would you have done differently if you had the opportunity? What would you do differently if you knew then what you know now? Wow. You know, there's, there's. I struggle with that sometimes because there's the, the quick and easy, um, you know, great big group hug answer is that, well, I wouldn't change anything because if anything changed, I wouldn't be here now with you guys. Yeah. You know, but then again, so yeah. what would I have done? To, what would <laughs> I do differently? you guys. <laughs> yeah. What would, I, what would I do differently? Um, because I've spent most of my career making with my hands, fixing, you know, maintenance and facilities type work is, is just that. So I've been lucky kind of doing what I want, but I have to know about a lot of things. I only know a little bit about a lot of things. I've got an exposure to a great many things, but I don't have a major skill set in any one thing. And I think if I was going to change, that would be it. I would have gone, I would have learned a lot about welding, just spent a couple of years, just really just, just welding. And then maybe the carpentry aspect and then doing masonry, electronics. I want to throw in tech because I'm so thumb fumbly fingered now as an older guy about technology. I, I feel like I'm, I'm still a baby with that. And then there's the biggest thing I would change about a skill that I don't have now that I wish I would have when I was younger is I would have picked up a doggone guitar. <laughs> I not even to be a musician, but I, I, when I hold like, cause Casey can play, she doesn't play very often, but she knows how she's had music lessons. Well, then you two oh. need to write a country Western song together. No, that's, that's passe now. Um, you already wrote one. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, just being able to, when I hold a guitar, I feel so at home and, and I'm, I'm not saying I want to be good at it or anything. I just want to know how to play a guitar and I've a thousand times thought about taking lessons and I never did. So I would change that. But as far as the making world, specializing in and so I could say, you know, I'm, I'm really, really good at welding instead of, I consider myself a metal melter. Now I'm not you know, a welder. Uh, I'm not a carpenter, but I can build stuff. 
I'm not a, a, a woodworker per se. You know, all of these things, but I can do all of it. I can look, I can look at, if you put something in my driveway, throw it out your car as you drive by. I don't care if it's a vacuum cleaner or a doghouse or whatever. I can reverse engineer and build it. I know how it's done. I get it, you know, so I'm lucky with that, but wish, wish I would have gained more expertise in, or any expertise in one field, one skill set at a time. That's what I wish I would have. What about the community aspect of it? Because I think that's something that we collectively have are extremely fortunate to have is this sort of community of, of makers. And I think for us, that sort of manifested in uh, Andrew Aragon's group, but it exists in other places. It exists on Reddit and it exists um, on Instagram, on Twitter, all that stuff. And I think it's sort of all gelling. Would you have made the attempt to unify or do you think that yeah, would have that, been that premature? Goes, that goes back to that technology thing because I, I literally ignored technology unless I had I'm there's there's some technology that I had to use for specific jobs. You know, whether it was just a, a program that I had to be able to, to use at work. And that's it, man. Give me at home, I I was late in the game getting, you know, even a cell phone. I was like, who the heck needs that? A pager? You know, that'll never go out. It's all you need. So <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's how that's what that comes by because there was really no way when I was younger to have this kind of a community because makers, I think, or this artistic, whatever you want to call this, this community now, um, there was no way to find them back then. And they were very niche groups and it was almost outcast. I mean, I can remember growing up that if you knew the, I, I, I wasn't quite back in the beatnik era. But in the in the seventies and the in the eighties when I was when I was growing up, you were kind of an artist. You were set aside a little bit. It was a little bit you were a little odd. You were a little bit different. But the trades, that's kind of how I grew up, you know, the, the blue collar guys. So now what I know is that a lot of the trades and artists are one and the same. Yeah. Here we are. Exactly. That was my point. We're, we're in school it was separated and uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that technology that we have now allows all of us to come together. I mean, again, there's a great example is you guys are thousands of miles away from me. And here we are very close. I think friends, we have a podcast together and we've never met in person. Physically. And, we, yes. and we couldn't have met in 1986. There's just no, no. way we could have. No. Yeah. Well, really. I would have been sick. Although I think, I think <laughs> it would have been weird if we were hanging around. I would have known. <laughs> I would have known. Lutz, that guy's six. Get away from him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. So it kind of feels like a right place, right time kind of thing with this whole gelling community thing. Which is which is what makes it interesting too to think about if if you want to sit and do that sort of like middle aged man think oh if I knew then what I know now it's like like Bill sort of started off it's like you kind of really can't I mean it's obviously just for fun that you do that yeah because one of you know I think about my life and I think about like things that I did and said twenty years ago like oh, man what an idiot I was you know. And but I'm I'm just beginning to get wise enough now to realize that in maybe 20 years I'll be saying that about what I'm saying right now. Like what an idiot I was because yeah. right now I'm feel like I feel like I'm all knowing compared to my older dumber self. You know. So, yeah, you'll forever feel that way. Yeah. It, was, it was those experiences that shaped who you are now. So yeah. like changing them would change who you are now, and you know your your sort of your temporal time warp line thing that we were talking about before is is true you know if you mess with one it's the butterfly effect you change one yeah. little thing you know and who knows what we'd be right now 
Mm. Here, let's let's break this down to a little bit less, uh, more physical, less. Uh, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, so, what project, knowing what you Excellent. know now, based on your skill sets now, would you? I'm going to guess, Phil, that you're going to talk about the Rubo Bench. What would you have done differently? <laughs> but what project would you have made differently? You know, whether it was just a month ago uh, or you know a year ago, whatever. So it doesn't have to be that far back. But well, what would you do differently, knowing what you know now? I, I would have worried less. I will talk about the Rubo Bench. I would have worried less about working with Reclaim. That would have tossed in a couple more bucks, and I would have made the thing a little bit bigger and heavier. Hmm. Interesting. You were stuck on your uh, on the the laurels of it. Yeah, and, and more conservative. I have the same problem because of you know what I'm doing about being so much about mission, and there's so many times that I, I could just go out and spend a couple dollars and and buy something new and just do it. But I'm like such a pig-headed, stubborn New Englander, mm-hmm. and I just have to like stay with it. And there's that that's probably the biggest thing I would change about it. Like there are things that I made that you know I'm like you know if I if I would have just done that right instead of like cobbling together some junk out of some other junk, this could have been really cool. But it yeah. would take away from the overall message because my my stuff is performance art in some ways. I mean, it's you know it's more about this the the, the statement, uh, and so that's kind of actually what I'm developing now in, in the present. Though, is I'm trying to find ways to refine my skills and refine the product, but still staying true to my. Because you know the more the more hands on you get, the better you get, and the more patient you get. Like my my water ski base, like I you know that's if I had known that thing was going to last as long as it has and still work, I would have put a little more time into the finish. You know what I mean? I would have, I would have spent, but I didn't think it was going to, you know? Right. What about you, Bill? What would you have made differently? Um, you know, I have a, uh, uh, our coffee and end tables. Um, I made, uh, the, the coffee table is a piece of four inch thick redwood that I had left over from uh, Casey's salon build. Um, yeah. they're, their front desk was from a, uh, the back in the back room. There was this huge slab of redwood, four inches thick. And I used wow. about 90% of that. And I had this chunk left and I wanted to make a coffee table and I had gotten, um, I didn't have access to a, a decent little welder. Harbor freight had a sale. I had a 30% off ticket. I bought a, just a flux welder from Harbor freight for 70 bucks. I think at the time, welded together a metal frame, made this thing and I wanted to match it up with, uh, a couple of end tables and I had a uh, let's call it a pie shaped piece of fairly thick redwood that I gotten from the city dump because they actually cut down a redwood tree so it was just like a I don't know maybe two and a half feet long pie shape 18 inches wide in the back so I, I wanted to cut this thing in half so I can make two end tables I wanted to slice it right down the middle and I know this <laughs> seems weird but I'm thinking how would I have done it differently um, so I ended up using a chainsaw and mm. just tried to as, as smoothly as I could cut this thing in half by, you know, with my foot on top of it, on top of a, a, a bench, you know, trying to get this thing cut in half. And it was so uneven when I was done. There was so much sanding. There was so much everything to try and even get a level surface out of this thing, these two pieces. And one tip or trick that I learned a long time ago is using the table saw to put a nice two and a half, three inch slice down a great big piece of wood and it never dawned on me i could have done that with this pie-shaped piece of redwood chunk right you know because i've done that with like a a thick piece a block of wood where you raise that that table saw blade up as high as you can go or in steps incrementally you can make it higher keep going and going flip it over going and going going flip it over going and going now you've got this outline around this wood and you can use a chainsaw or or a 
uh, saw. sawzall, anything, yeah. handsaw, yeah. it's cutting it in half, and it gives you a basis around the edge of it. To, to, anyway, that's what I would – why didn't I stick that thing on my table saw, make make a bunch of passes, get a nice even thing to cut it in half? So that long story was just to say I would have I would have split that piece of wood differently had I known now what I know. And then there's the the uh, the Nick Offerman router sled could have used yes. to uh, which like I mean I I've done stuff with Live Edge and you know where I've uh, just you know angle grinders with you know uh, the Galahad on it or the uh, the Burr you know and I never even thought of that like because it's like how am I going to make this straight I know I'm going to try really hard you know <laughs> it's like or I could actually create a straight edge and then transfer it like which is what woodworking is right we're transferring images right, and, to wood and you, don't, you know. There's some other tricks, like the the router sled thing has been around for a long, long time. Yeah, but I I never knew it until I saw yeah. Jimmy do it, and he's, he accredited Offerman. So I went and I watched that, and I was like, I, right. I haven't built one yet. I haven't needed one yet, but that's you can do, how you can I'm do the same that. exact thing on your table saw by just lifting up your blade. Um, oh, and yep, quarter of an inch, making that your sled itself, and then riding that piece just by hand. You can move it across your yeah. table saw. And do the same thing. Cut, put a couple of uh, straight edges on the side of the wood that you're working. Phil's yeah. looking at me like I'm insane. I'll no, send you I'm a link not, to I'm a guy that did a video for that, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing. You got to go slow. You got to be careful because you're going to put some stress on the blade because you're going to yeah. be pushing against the side yeah, of the blade. Very little. Or at an like, like kind of like doing a yeah, like doing a cove. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, and then there's also they make a uh, a thing that goes into your drill press. Um, yes. Uh, a, you know, a planer basically. Yeah. Uh, you put in your drill press, so then you have your flat table of your drill press and you can, you know, but that's for the piece that you're talking about is so big, you know, yeah. that's obviously, I mean, well, yeah. The, you can also, there's something that a lot of people don't know is you can take, and this is, you're going to laugh, you're going to laugh, but if you duct tape some really heavy grit um, sandpaper to your shoes and pretend like you're ice skating. <laughs> I am going to laugh. That one's not real. But what you can do also is if it's a 12 inch or let's say a 13 inch and narrower piece that you want to pass through, you can make a router, um, a planer sled. You yeah, know? if it goes to your bench planer. Right. So yeah. then you can shim so until it's level. You can also just wobble. cut the damn thing in half and fit through your planer and then glue it back together. I mean, there's there's so yeah. many different ways. But No, but this is the best piece of information we've probably mentioned in the last 35 minutes. So I just wanted to yeah. you know, elaborate on it because they're like, finally, some interesting information yeah. from these gooners. But, yeah. yeah. I'm contrary, Mon Frere. I'm sorry, but uh, all 35 minutes so far have been very interesting to me. Golden, I don't know yeah. What you're talking about? <laughs> but some people actually come for the practical tips, so yeah. you know I wanted to highlight that. Yeah, geez, I mean, yeah, there's there's so many uh, so many things that you do, and then you learn some other way. You know, I'm trying to think of some some concrete ones like that too that might be interesting. Here's one. I actually made a video of this, but I don't think I'm going to put it up. Um, but I was on a job. That's a tease. <laughs> no, it's, it was just it was like one of those like Andy Berkey style one minute videos. So I was just like, oh, I'm not going to, I don't know. I, I made it, but I don't think I'm going to put it up. But anyway, I, I was, uh, I had, you know, I, I was building that the gate or whatever, like a, a fence for this woman. And, and I, you know, I got my impact gun. I'm using that and put screws in, drill and pile of holes. And then I had to get to the hardware to put the gate on. And they're half inch or they're you know, 916s or whatever bolts. And so I'm sitting there with the, with the, the socket wrench, like a sucker. And then I realized, you know, like, like screwing these bolts in, and I realized that if I just took the socket extension out, I could put it right into my drill, and now I can power socket. Yeah. These things well, your in. impact driver should have like a, like you can have a impact to socket. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, but I didn't have that with oh, me. Oh, okay. I, you know, I didn't have that with me because I didn't know I was going to be doing this, and so I, but I had my socket set, and so I just took the thing and put it into my not my impact wrench, but my other one, just chucked it in and used it. And Smart. I was like, yeah, I was like, why didn't I think of this a hundred years ago? Because <laughs> because I didn't get to go to shop class. <laughs> I don't think they teach that in shop class. No, they don't. But they, but it gets your mind working that way. It's all about like making connections and yeah. uh, you know neuroplasticity and stuff. And that's what I feel like I could be so much better at everything if I could have started making these types of connections sooner. I'm well, 43 years old. And I just yeah. figured that out now. But the, but the good news <laughs> is though, and this is kind of like the lesson of what we're talking about right now is that. You can take solace in the fact that every time you make something, there's a little bit of knowledge you can put away because the next time you go to make that same thing or something similar, you're going to go, oh, wait a minute. You know what? This would be easier to do that. Yeah, so yeah for sure. Even though if you're just starting out making, um, rest assured, every time you do one little thing, cut one piece of wood with a handsaw, that's filed away automatically. You will draw on that later and just do it better and faster the next time. Yeah. You know, I want to talk to the point that you just mentioned, Tim, like had you had that shop class then you would have made these connections earlier. But then again, you may have learned how to do things and I'm holding up air quotes right now the right way, you know, and then yeah, maybe that would yeah. have locked you in into a way that that sort of avoids any kind of creativity. Like maybe you would have never made the connection to put, you know, a socket set into a drill. You know, because the right way would have just to leave it in the ratchet. That's the right tool for yeah, the how, how many times have we talked about that, you know, uh, Tim, I think you've said it, but you and Jimmy both have said it eloquently about um, not having what you need invites creativity. It forces. Oh yeah, well that's that's black and white, and one of the color. That's been my whole right. you know my whole mission. I mean, it's about you know making do and and uh, and whatnot. He's so. referencing his CD, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> my my ukulele. I'm referencing. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but constraints you know create creativity or, or allow creativity. <laughs> But exactly, and that the, the saying that was the name of my my album from you know the eighteen hundreds, and um and, and <laughs> this the saying I think I mentioned before on this podcast that it came from my art teacher, my high school art teacher, who I'm remembering because that's where I keep putting myself back in during this this podcast, you know, and that's something that this this woman said to me in passing, uh, you know, uh, when I was sixteen years old, and here I am still talking about it. That's how formidable your your brain is during those years. You know, and that's why, like, I, I wish that I could have had a shop teacher that could have said, because, you know, my dad told me to measure twice and cut once. But my dad wasn't a carpenter, and he was my dad, so I didn't, you don't listen to your dad when you're 16, you know what I mean? <laughs> but if there's some guy missing a pinky that told me that, I probably would have remembered it. I would have <laughs> wasted a lot less wood, you know? Yeah. yeah we, didn't, we didn't have shop in my, in my school. It had just gotten uh, tossed probably the decade earlier. All the money went into, like, uh, like Spanish, they started teaching Spanish to us, and we're in Canada, so like teaching Spanish in the states, okay, yeah, obviously that makes sense. But for us, that was a third language they were teaching, yeah. um, and experiential education. We were going on like these trips and stuff, like new trips were like an annual trip, so that didn't exist for me. So I can't say I wish I spent more time in shop class because it just didn't exist. I wish I had a shop class, period, yeah. but that just didn't exist at all for us. We had like you could either do more science or you could sort of veer into the social sciences and start doing things like psychology, which is what I did. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, I, I guess I wish I had more exposure to practical skills, maybe not in school. My dad really wasn't into it, but if there was some kind of a club or something like that, that would have been really cool. Or, I mean, they didn't exist, but a makerspace would have been amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a, there's, a, there's a resurgence of that now with the makerspaces. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's, there's not very many shop classes anymore. I think those might be coming back too, though. 
I'm hoping. I just want to believe that. I don't have any information. No, I really think they I are. I think. Yeah. I think in a different way. Yeah, because they're, well, they're more technology driven, like CNCs and stuff. But yeah, no, I mean, that, that's awesomeness. But, but there's also together. like a huge, huge, huge problem with uh, student debt right now. And people are realizing that maybe college isn't for everybody. And I actually think that there's way too many people who go to college. Oh, yeah. You know, there's not enough people to fill the tech jobs. That's yeah. our – That's you know what? We need to have John Berard, if he yeah. will. Just Berard, just one time. Yeah. I Get love it. him. I just yeah. love him. Yeah, let's, let's tackle that with him. We'll save that. For well, him. I did. I spoke – when I did my interview with him, that we talked about that a lot, about how, you know, that there is – You had an interview with him? I had an interview with him. Tim, Tim oh, have you had an interview with him? You should, because he's awesome. That was a great, great talk that Bill and I had. Oh, man. I don't use the words life-changing very often, but that was a revelatory conversation for me. Tim, I suggest you do something like that. Oh, if I knew then. (laughs) I wouldn't have turned him down four times, right, Tim? (laughs) Isn't that what SMH is, right? Smacking my head or something like that? Oh, is that what that is? I think is so. What? Oh, really? I never knew that. Okay, I'm the old guy in this group, and I'm the one that knows that. Oh, are you teaching us shorthands? You keep saying that. Are you even 50? I will be in, like, less than six months. Uh, Dude, are you even 50? Yeah, no, <laughs> but, no, what the hell? Bro, do you, you know even... No, but it's... I'm just saying, you're probably <laughs> old, but you're still in your 40s, for crying out loud. I know, I know, I know. You know what, though? 40 is the new 20. No, but in your defense, you just look really old. <laughs> Wait, was that a compliment? No, I don't think it was. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I gotta tell you. I, uh, yeah. Get off you my here, here, let's reverse engineer a little bit of this um, if I could have, would have, should have thing. Yeah. Here's one thing I don't want anybody to ever do is to say, boy, if I, if I could change things now when I, when I first started getting, gathering my tools, I would have bought this, 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 and this instead. Don't do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah. you start out with, those are the tools you need. Trust me. Mm. Figure it out because you'll either say, wow, I really like this, but I want a better one, or I only use that stupid thing once. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. That might be a topic for a bigger conversation. I'll soon. just give one. My first tool was a Dremel with a saber saw attachment, and I tried to build something square with it. So if yeah. that's your first tool, get a circular saw and a straight edge. You know, I, I just <laughs> I'm going to say right now, Phil, I am proud of you because I never in my life put Dremel – and saber saw attachment in the same thought in my brain. I still haven't figured out how that works. Yeah, because in my mind, Dremel spin fast, and it's like a dental tool. Yeah. Spin fast and bind up when you touch your saw. Well, it's like a – no, but I mean it's – let's say the the entire reciprocating saw is the the blade is the size of a jigsaw. But it's shaped like a long sort of demo saw. Yeah. You know what I mean? But see, you have to hold it upright and then – Pull the thing towards you for it to work. Ugh, it was a nightmare. So I'm going to say, if that was your tool, don't use that. Get something else. Right, but see, you would not know to appreciate not using that unless you had used it. Yeah. Yeah, but my project would have been way better, and I probably wouldn't have put down tools for seven years if I used the right (laughs) thing. Okay, but seriously, here, let's keep on this vein. Okay. You did pick up tools again, and you're kind of badass. And you right. say you're just starting out. I, I mean, seriously, you, uh, from what you've made so far in the limited amount of time, right, mm-hmm. you're g- really good at it. And that probably comes – something has to do with, for whatever reason, back in the day when you did something, 
that passion is you started off with a huge passion where most people kind of like put their foot in the water to see if they like it and go forward. You were just like, boom, I'm passionate. I want to do this. So, well, I appreciate yeah. you saying that. I've always been like that. Like whatever I get obsessed about, man, like I don't care how deep the water is. I'm diving head first in there. And uh, I was I'm like taking my saber saw dremel tool and I'm <laughs> jumping in. That's right. No, but you know, like I growing up in Montreal, you know, you play ice hockey. So when I was oh, yeah? sure. You yeah, just play we, hockey up there? Yeah, we play a little bit. We pay some buck. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then when hockey. I moved out on my own, I wasn't playing obviously I was older than you know, playing for the city. So that was my hobby. I was playing ice hockey, so I was playing four nights a week. You know, and I was probably in the best shape of my life, and now I'm in the worst shape of my life. But uh <laughs> You know, and then I got, and I was always into computers. But again, when I was on my own, okay, now I had three desktop computers and I had like every portable piece of electronics you could get. I was spending all of my time and like, I'm just, when I get into something that I'm passionate about, I get into it. Like I pull up the covers over my head. You know, I'm just, mm. you know. Well, you know, that's, that's where you and I have that in common, but that's why I'm doing this now and I'm not playing music. That's, I, I, I make it my job. If I yeah. want to do something, I just make it my job. So I have to do it all day. And it's like a, a baptism by fire because you're going to go broke if, you know, if you don't get good at it. And, you know, so I kind of throw myself in whole hog like that, too. Yeah. Um, you know, but, it's it's very rarely that you will find anybody that can be good at anything that they don't have a passion for. It happens, I'm sure. But if you're doing something and you don't have a passion for it, you're not going to be that good at it. You might be very efficient at it or sufficient. Yeah. But it's it's even if you if, as long as you have that passion to go along with whatever it is you're doing, you will become good at it. What is it? I, there's no such thing as talent, only desire. The desire to do it, and that's what yeah. makes you put the hard well, work. Well, that's in. what's going to said some silliness like that. I say that every week. I think. Oh. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I have a tattoo on my chest. Some tall ginger dude keeps saying that, but you know, it, it's that passion <laughs> that that allows you to push past the mistakes you're inevitably going to make. You know, it allows you to drive forward and keep trying because that's all it's going to be. It's like getting good at something means that you're avoiding the last mistake that you made. So you just keep sort yeah. of navigating well, well, away from the mistakes you've made into doing it properly. And that's the path I think I'm on. Yeah. When I was, when I was playing music, I used to always tell my, my wife that, uh, you know, I'd say, well, you know, I wanted the way I envisioned myself dying was I'd walk off stage after a gig and go, I could have done that better and just be dead. Like, that's how I want to live my life. Like always like trying to be better, you know? And then now it's the same, like I'll finish a coffee table or whatever I'm going to be doing when I get to that point. Just be like, I could have made that better. Done. So there's something, there's some <laughs> folks that you can do and say, I wish that I would have done then now that you know it now. Don't feel that way. Always, always feel like you can do it better. Mm. Yeah. Always, but also take pride Again, in what you've done. Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. Passionless people are sad, and and I want to hug them, and I want to, I want to, I want to just, you know what I mean? Don't you want to comfort people that have no passion? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I think it's really weird to not be passionate about something. I think it's it's a little They're bit out empty. there though. I think we should make it our our next goal is to go out and find one passionless person and just hug them, and then walk away. We could start yeah, a podcast maybe. called Reclaimed Passion. <gasps> Yeah, oh, I thought just, you were gonna say reclaimed hugs. I like hugs. <laughs> reclaimed passion. Sounds like the name of like a Joan Collins novel. I know. That's, uh, <laughs> so cheesy. I, <laughs> it's on, it's hey, on replays at I two worked, p.m. <laughs> I, I worked hard on that. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's one other tangible thing I want to to bring up for the the topic of the show. Uh, if I knew then, yeah. Um, 
if I knew then as much as I know now about how uh, wasteful our society is, because this is the reclaimed audio podcast and I'm the, the guy. Hey man, hey man uh, preach it, preach it brother. I, I tell you what, man, I think about all the stuff that I have thrown away oh, throughout yeah. the course of my life and I am embarrassed. Um, and I know that I've got a lifetime of work ahead of me to make up for the footprint that I've left in my past. If I had known then what I know now, I would have lived my life much differently. Um, and just the way I consumed, uh, and that's again, why, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm loud about it now. And not, I try not to be like the jerk. Like, I don't want to preach him because nobody wants to listen to someone yell at them. But yeah, not never come across that way. So, but that's why I'm, that's why I do what I do is I, you know, and that's why I'm raising my kids and I want people to, to think about what they do. And I, and I do feel like I'm making a small impact, which makes me feel good, but I, there's just so much more to be done and I, you know, and I just, I'm embarrassed for myself and I really do feel like I am, you know, making a mess, but I didn't know any better. None of us did, I guess. Right. No, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's pretty cool. But think about this. My fault. <laughs> so, Tim, but think about it this way, just to give yourself a little, you know, pat on the back. Had you been, let's say, a half-ass recycler, reclaimer throughout your whole life, I don't think you still would have made the impact that you've made in the later part of your life from not having done it at all in the beginning of your life. Well, that's, and that's, again, like, and I struggle with that, and that's why I, that, that's like, that's my thing, struggle. That's my, that my. Struggling thing. artist. You're utilized. I'm always struggling with something. <laughs> so, so ridiculous. You gotta get one for Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Rubo. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't say that. You guys do. That has to be oh, one that I God. say. Sorry. <laughs> You're actually too well educated and thoughtful because you don't repeat yourself. You sound really, really smart when you speak. You no know more words than it's us. It's a detriment to you, Phil. It's no. a detriment to you. You know what I say all the time? I want to say. I always say I want to say. I don't know why I want to say. I should just say it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I noticed you saying that, but uh, oh, in I want to say, say what you're I right. just said. I, I, want, I want to say you're right. <laughs> I want to say you're right. You know what I wanted to say? Um, I wanted to say that we you should do, talk Yeah, about you it. do say that. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I know. Um, let's um, – I think we've – Get back we've, on track? Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. Back on, let's finish this podcast thing. And okay. um, I want to know what you guys are watching because I think we're going to move on to the, to the YouTube segment of this. But maybe, Tim, yours is a little bit different this week, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, well, I, I wanted to um, – yeah, I wanted to mention also. Did we mention last week that the the Sterling Davis's uh, pallet uh, upcycle challenges is up, upon us again this year? I don't remember, I want, but say it anyway. I think I think we mentioned it, but let's do it officially. Yeah, yeah. I want I wanted to uh, I wanted to plug that again that uh, the Sterling Davis upcycle pallet challenge is for the month of August. If, if you don't know who Sterling Davis is, uh, get out of the cave. Go to YouTube and find him. And, um, yeah. He's uh, he's awesome, and he does this challenge. He's done it for a few years now. There's a lot of great prizes, and uh, it's if you're listening to this podcast, it's it's probably right up your alley. So uh, Sterling Davis Pallet Upcycle Challenge. Go to find him. Maybe we can get a link. Um, yeah, we'll put and, a link. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically just make something out of a pallet. You got the month of August to upload a video of it. You don't have to be like a master video maker. You just got to the, – the rules are very simple. Make something out of a pallet. Show that it was a pallet. Show you breaking the pallet apart. Show you making a couple cuts and then show the finished result. Just to prove it was a pallet. That's all you have to if do. If you have any questions at all, feel free to call Tim at home. Yeah, you call me at home, preferably like 2 in the morning. You know, On the following number. 
<laughs> but so there's that I want to mention. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was because we were sort of talking about it before, the, the link is below. It's a TED Talk from uh, Derek, I think it's, you pronounce his name, Sivers. And he was the guy that founded CD Baby. He's like an entrepreneur. And uh, he does this thing about um, like the crowd. Uh, and the, or like it's like called like the the follower or something like that. I, it, it's in the link, but uh, it's, how to it's start really a movement. How to start a movement is the name of it. Thank you. I forgot what the link said already. How to start a movement, and it's just talking about like a leader and a follower, and then starting the movement. And I think that's what uh, is happening on YouTube right now, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to start a movement of people that are you know going to help us keep the planet clean and enough uh, you know be creative at the same time. And it, it's an interesting little video to watch. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. And I'd like to point out the reason that we're uh, that Tim is even oh, recommending that. Just <laughs> real, real quick, I just want to say it. We were having a conversation. Jimmy Duresta came up, and yeah, I, I got to throw that out there, Jimmy. If you listen to our podcast, or if anybody that knows Jimmy listens to it, let him know that we love him. We love him. He, respect, mad respect. He actually financially supports our podcast, so I'm guessing he listens. He does. Yeah, yeah. he's our. He's our horn. When did that happen? He's our third biggest Patreon supporter. Really? Is that why all the music all the time? Yeah. that's. Uh, oh, sounds... man. I always don't listen to you guys because I just figure Tim's winding down from being musical. <laughs> it's all related, man. It's all related. Yeah. So, uh, hi, Jimmy. Thank you. We love you. And we think you're like, <laughs> but yeah, if you watch this, uh, if you watch this video, it's very true. Cause, uh, it, that is what we were talking about. Jimmy is, um, he's very inclusive and, um, and, and so, for better or for worse, he is partially to blame for the current online maker movement. Here, here. <laughs> and we, and we, him and a few uh, select others that we love as well. But anyway. Yes, yes, indeed. Can I go now? Can I go? Yeah, Bill, yes, I go? you go. You go. Okay. Um, Guy in the tank top. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not an egg beater. It's just a regular tank. It has a pocket. It's sophisticated. Look, there's a pocket. Yeah, a sophisticated <laughs> sleeveless shirt for the everyday gentleman. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. The pockets for his kerchief. That's right. Well, actually, you know what is pocket square is, yeah. is is you know we. I just got to say, you know, I, I might have had some medical stuff lately. My arm, I get tired of holding my arm. I put it in my pocket. You know, <laughs> I don't think you're holding. You're putting your finger in your pocket. You've been rubbing your nipple for the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you must be chafing. I love us. I really do. I love us as a podcast. We rock. Anyway, um. I want to give a shout out. You guys remember a while back I, I said I went to Maker Fair and I met a young man named Phineas. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that. He drew me a uh, uh, um, a logo. It's a it's it's a mohawked bearded dragon that says "What's a Lutz? Anyway, I just got that in the mail and um, I, I'm I, I'm so humbled and honored to have that. So Phineas, I know you listen, young man. Thank you so very much. It's awesome. It's I'm I'm gonna make one of my next videos um, some kind of a, a upcycled picture frame to put that in. It's just that cool. Anyway. Um, and speaking of uh, humbled, and I don't know where all this comes from, and I don't deserve it, um, but people think I do, and I'm going to take that. Tab Left Workshop. My buddy Ray Mowder, who's semi-local to me, he lives in the Northern California area as well. Uh, Ray Mowder met him at, at Maker Fair, and he's the Tab Left Workshop is his YouTube channel. He's got about 20,000 subscribers. And similar to, but not nearly as, I don't know if anybody has as many videos as Tim, but Ray has a lot of videos. Um, and they're pretty cool. He's got a lot of tip videos. He's got a lot of build videos, um, updates. He does giveaways all the time. He's just a cool guy. But he just built a 
um, utility cart and made a video and got it in Popular Mechanics magazine. Oh, cool. Cool. And when he built this thing, I just want to say he ended up painting it. And in Jimmy Duresta fashion, and I'm not taking anything away from Ray, but it just reminded me of when Jimmy sprays his name with a stencil. Yeah. Ray Mauter put on his really cool upcycled using bed frames and and uh, fence boards to make this utility cart with, with go loots. <laughs> the hashtag go loots and it's on this thing and it's a video and it's on popular mechanics magazine so so go uh, loots is in popular mechanics magazine that loots swim team. team that's awesome yeah, yeah baby. Ray, you made popular mechanics magazine <laughs> well, that's the only reason i'm mentioning it right um, but you guys you got to check out ray's channel the, uh, he just made a tip video and this is something i did not know and i i like to think that i have seen a lot of stuff in in my years and did you know that if you take plexiglass and you cut it, the edge of the plexiglass is foggy, right? Blow you torch. simply run a torch over it real quick, yeah. it clears it right up. I didn't know that. So yeah, that. he's got a bunch of little tip videos like that. And I'm just like, that is so cool. That would have saved me, and I'm not kidding, hours and hours of sanding up through the grits. The few times I've used plexi and wanted to get the edges clear again. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, check out Ray Mauter, Tab Left Workshop. 20,000 subscribers. Let's get him up uh, a few more if we can. And uh, thank you again, Phineas. And, okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, okay Mark- so I guess we're all set then, and it's time to. Oh, oh, right. oh sorry, oh, Phil. Oh, oh, that was a good stick. We're so rude. Did you go yet, Phil? Yeah. I'm so rude. No, this, <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. Um, <laughs> what do you want to say? I, what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm going to have to stop doing that. <laughs> I actually wanted to uh, hit upon what Tim said earlier about Sterling Davis because um, that relates very, very closely to what you were saying even earlier and your TED Talk with regard to the leader and the follower. Now, a lot of us make videos on YouTube and you know we do whatever it is that we do. But uh, Sterling has created something with this upcycle challenge. You know, he's, he's – uh, he's, he's, He's a leader in this regard, you know, and he's made something that, you know, we all sort of tag on to. I've done this challenge a couple of times. I know a lot of people have, and it's, it's this community-making thing. So, Sterling, thank you for being a leader, and thank you for creating something, this, this thing that we all do now and, and allows us to talk about in, in this community-creating event. So um, maybe I'll clean that up in post, but either way, <laughs> I, <laughs> thank you, I Sterling. I've never entered the contest, and I have an idea that I want to enter, and I'm trying to get uh, uh, Elm City Vintage to, to do something with me. But we might do a different collaboration instead, but I have this idea I was going to try and use Dave with. Uh, so I'm actually going to enter this year, but it's kind of like a joke entry. Okay. But uh, but I guess pretty much everything I do is kind of a joke. So, But anyways, what are you watching, Phil? What I'm watching, and I know the rule for this is like somebody you've never mentioned before, but uh, I don't care. I'm I'm, men- <laughs> I'm mentioning rules. What yeah, rules? Exactly. I'm mentioning Izzy because I freaking love Izzy. He's so awesome. And mm. uh, and I don't know if you guys have. I'm sure you've seen this, but he just made the uh, video like the first half of the Vice, like this sort of like uh, it works like a cam, but it's not really a cam. Well, this sounds. From, what, what's the name of his channel? It's uh, it's Rustic Man 1973. I'm just kidding. It's Izzy Swan Man. You know what it is. <laughs> It actually is. I just noticed the uh, – I just changed the name of my channel, so I can't change the custom URL. And I see that yeah. his 
URL is RusticMan1973. So clearly that does not matter because he's made it. This guy's got over a quarter million subscribers and his URL is super weird. So I'm, I swear to God, I'm going to have to check him out because I've heard so many good things about this guy. <laughs> no, man, he's awesome and he's so nice. You know, like he'll do shout outs for everybody. He's just he's the best. He really is. Yeah. As he is, yeah. He's been doing this whole, um, like, three videos a week thing for a while now. Yeah. And I am so digging it because I think it's um, it's um, uh, Save Money Mondays or something like that, and then Tips and Tricks Wednesdays, and then the, the Bill videos I think he's putting out on Friday or Saturday. Anyway, the, whatever he's trying now, he's, he's already a master of being oh, successful. Oh, man, I love it. I'm I'm digging it because I'm spending a lot of time at home. So it's like, oh, Izzy, Izzy yeah. made another video. Oh, oh. For so, sure. You know, similar yeah. to what we were saying before about uh, Jimmy being this incredibly generous sort of giving back and cr- community creating kind of guy. I put, well, when I said there's others out there, that's yeah. who I had in mind yeah. was Izzy. Yeah, mm. Izzy is in that same tiny little boat. You know, it's like a, it's like a little dinghy, but the two of you them are You know what's neat it. about it, though, is that I bet you that Jimmy and Izzy built the boat. Probably did. <laughs> I think he was, he was the silent partner on that canoe that he built with Offerman. Yeah. Um, okay, our channels on Instagram, Periscope, Twitter, whatever, um, and now on YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky, so check that out. Uh, Bill, you want to plug your stuff? Yeah, um, just William Lutz, and I figured out, Bill, William, MacGyver, whatever. Uh, Phil, i got to ask you, though, do I have to resub to you now? No. No. Oh, thank God. I mean, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's quite an onerous chore, uh, hitting that subscribe button, but if you're not subscribed to me... You probably should be. You know, by now you're right. I think That's I will. Right. What's, what's the name of it again? <laughs> it's uh, it's <laughs> Phil, Phil Pinsky, the guy who monthly sends you a paycheck. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I know who that is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> I don't cash them. I just save them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the meds okay. just stopped working. Tim, why don't you plug your stuff? Uh, just <clears throat> um, okay. Um, my website, which I'm going to try and get Jason to help me fix up a little bit now that he's built my app. <laughs> my website is timsway.net, and you can find links to everything there, including I'm going to try and put a link up to the app store where you can download the Country Song Dice app <laughs> or the songwriting assistant because we're going to have other genres. Right. So, the songwriting assistant. That's it's called professional. A- it's called the Sway Song. This is all Jason. I'm, I'll, I made the dice, and the, this is all Jason. Um, Jason Payne. So blame him. <laughs> but it's, it's called the Sway Song uh, Songwriting uh, Assistant. S S S A. Sway Song Songwriting Assistant, and that's the app on the in the Play Store. It's only on Android right now, and and uh, and it's so you just click a button, and it just boom, it's all there. That you just have all the information to write a song. So I'm gonna, I might do a little video with uh, actually Jason to test it. Wrote a song, and he's like, I'm not musical, but here's my song. And he wrote, he he texted me the lyrics. So I might like take his lyrics and like do a little teaser video or something. But Sweet. That's what I'm plugging today. I'm plugging my app and the and the app Play Store. We are cool. living in exciting times, boys. Yes. Yeah. All the things I've done in my life and the the country dice are going to be the thing that put me on the map. Imagine <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You can't, even though our topic was, you know, if I only knew, you can't change anything because it wouldn't be the same where you are right now. So mm. I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. Being here with you guys, 
And if we can get a few listeners to to uh, what's our plug for our Patreon, Phil? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll launch into that. You know, so for for contact uh, contact us for show topics, suggestions, comments, all that good stuff. First of all, uh, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com is our website. Check it out. It's got all of the links to um, all of our personal stuff, as well as as you as you Bill mentioned, the link to our Patreon. So that's Patreon.com/slash/reclaimedaudio. And next week, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to list everybody who's a Patreon supporter because we've been getting a few. Um, a few guys on there now, and you know it's not just the big guys who should get a shout out. Once in a while, I'll do one for everybody, and it's quite the list, which is why I'm not going to do it all the time. But we really, really appreciate it. If it's a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, whatever it is, guys, it really, really helps, and we appreciate it. So again, reclaimed audio, uh, reclaimed. Sorry, Patreon.com/slash/reclaimedaudio. Um, on Twitter, we are reclaimed at reclaimed audio, and our email is info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. And last two things, actually, the last thing I'm going to mention is iTunes. Um, please leave us a review. It really helps in growing the fan base and ultimately in getting more content to you guys and keeping us on the air and all that good stuff. Tell your friends to leave a review. Jason McGinn, you promised me a review. I still haven't seen it. Please put it up there. And uh, and that's it We're for me. We're going to call all of you out by name. Only Jason. Only Jason. Yeah. Because he's Canadian. And I need more Canadian reviews. <laughs> I'm just telling all you listeners, I've spent my entire life just to be here on this podcast. So hit that Patreon up, hit that iTunes up. Let's, let's do it. Don't make me have wasted my entire existence for nothing. Wow. So say we all. So say we so all. So say we all. <laughs> have a good week, guys. Bye, everybody. Be good. 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 Be good.